before we welcome you to White House First United Methodist Church, and we are so delighted to have you join us uh, on this time during this podcast. Just a couple of real quick reminders of some things that are coming up. First of all, our children are having their back-to-school bash this afternoon on the 20th at 5 o'clock out at our uh, playground and would invite any child to come and be a part of that fun event. And also our youth continue in their time together on Sunday nights starting at 5 o'clock. And our adult Bible study is going on again now at 5 o'clock on Sunday as well. So there's something for all ages if you come to the church uh, on Sunday evenings. Also, if you can't make it on uh, Sundays, we also have our Thursday morning Bible study at 10 a.m. And this upcoming Thursday is our blood drive. If you want to donate, uh, please uh, go to the Red Cross blood uh, website and register. There's still time for that. Or you can call the uh, 1-800 number uh, that Red Cross has to be able to schedule that appointment. But this time we are glad you're here. Looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us as we are in our second week of this sermon series. But let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to be able to come together and to have this time of worship by way of this podcast. Lord, I pray that the words of the songs be meaningful to you and to each of us that hear this podcast. And also may this scripture from Revelation and the words that you have laid on my heart to share today will be an encouragement and also a preparation for what may be in store for us in the coming days, weeks, and months to come. Guide us and lead us, Lord. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lie, trying to fill the same old holes inside there's a better life there's a better life if you've got pain he's a pain taker if you feel lost he's a way maker if you need freedom for saving he's a prison shaking savior Search for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run the things we know just ain't right. But there's a better life. There's a better life. You got pain. He's a pain taker. 
As we come together today, we are going to be focusing on Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And we welcome you back to this second week of this seven-week series. And our focus during these weeks is the question, what kind of church are we? If you look at Revelation 2 and 3, you see that it's doesn't take a a master of knowing what we're doing. We're looking at a church a week. There's seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3, and each one of these weeks is getting us prepared spiritually for what the Lord has in store for us in our revival that will start at the very end of this series, which is September 24th through the 26th. Last week we heard that if we aren't willing to repent of the wrong that we've done towards our Lord and to others and get back to the love of our Lord, we're not going to be making the necessary steps to draw us closer to Him. And now as we move into today's message, this too is pivotal to the whole series and what happens to this church after the series is over and done with. I pray that you are ready to hear how this message for Smyrna connects with this church as well. All of us have different things we're striving for in the here and now, but God is saying there's something even better than that waiting on us at the end of the race. Let's see what that is in this scripture. Hear now, Revelation 2, verses 8 through 11. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These are the words of the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. I know your affliction and your poverty, even though you are rich. I know the slander on the part of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. 
Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Beware, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison so that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have affliction. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Whoever conquers will not be harmed by the second death. This is the Word of God for the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. The persecuted church, Smyrna. No, we're not talking about Smyrna, Tennessee here. Instead, it is a church that is 25 miles north of the town that we studied last week in Ephesus. And this scripture, this letter to the church of Smyrna, has the fewest words and verses about them. Yet as you heard those four verses read just now, you can see they are still powerful and a lot to unpack. Now, what you didn't hear in this week versus last week is there wasn't near the positives that this church had like Ephesus. But on the same token, it also had no rebuke of wrong that they were doing nor any mention of consequences for disobedience. Instead, this letter is dealing with a group of people that are about to face a major persecution in their very near future. Of these four verses, this letter is filled with empathy and encouragement from God to energize them and remind them that He's with them throughout the trials they're about to endure. The church of Smyrna was struggling against two hostile forces, a Jewish population that strongly opposed Christianity and also a non-Jewish population that was loyal to Rome and supported emperor worship. Persecution and suffering were inevitable in an environment like this if they took the stand of worshiping Jesus as Lord and Savior. And they were going through it and were about to go through even more. And folks, I hope we hear that nothing has changed. If we take a stand for our Lord, we're going to face persecution as well. Now, looking at this church, this church was struggling. They were struggling financially and spiritually due to the pulls around them. But notice what God is trying to say to them in the first part of verse 9. I know your affliction and your poverty, even though you are rich. Now, as I look at that verse and what that applies to us here at White House and discerning where we are as a church, the Lord showed me a couple of things. One, 
If you notice at the very beginning of that verse, it said, I know. Folks, that hadn't changed. He still knows all things. Do we agree? He knows the joys we've got going on. He also knows the struggles we have. And he knows what we need when we need it if we'll give him the ability to work in and through us. So in that regard, we're just alike. He knows. But there's another thing that stood out there that we are a little bit different than the church of Smyrna. And that is that we are very blessed financially here. Folks, to be able to do the ministry that we're doing, it takes a lot of money to keep it running. But we are very blessed to have a lot of people supporting this ministry in many ways. It has always been a practice of mine in every church I've been a part of to never look at who gives what. And I can assure you that is the case here too. I don't know except what I see in the bulletin every week just like you see it in the bulletin of how much giving was the week before. I also know what kind of bills that we have from our finance meeting statements. But praise God, our obligations are being met. And for that, we can be thankful. But this is not a push to say you can put your checkbooks away because that's far from the case. As we continue to expand our outreach to this community and all the things that we have planned for the rest of this year and the coming year on top of some very much needed upkeep that needs to happen to fix certain things within the church structure, it's going to take more funds to reach our goals. So the financial support and also the willingness of able bodies giving of their expertise to help physically is still at an utmost need that we have. But for us to be thankful for where we are and to keep pursuing and going forward. Now, when you look at it on a more individual note, that may not be where you're at. Maybe it's pretty tight in your finances right now. Maybe you're doing everything possible to keep your head above water and still got a lot of uncertainty of how you're going to be able to swing the bills that are in front of you. But what the Lord is wanting us to hear, no matter our financial situation as a church or us individually, is the words in that passage that we just read when the Lord said, You are rich. I want everybody to say that yourself as you're listening to it, saying, I am rich. Y'all ready? One, two, three. I am rich. The question is, what are you rich in? It may not be in money, but if we're a believer in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we're heirs to the one who owns it all, and that is God. I don't know about you, but that excites me. 
And if we remain faithful to our Lord, we have the promise of the crown of life that we find in verse 10, which is far better and much longer lasting than anything we could possibly have on this earth. Why? Because whatever it is will come and go, but heaven is for eternity. Folks, that's rich. And that's something that we can hold on to because if Jesus said it in his word, then we can count on it. If we are a believer in Jesus, we've got that to look forward to. Now, I promise you that I am not saying here that as long as you keep giving your tithes, which is 10% of your gross income to the Lord, and your offerings, which is anything over that, to the church, then you'll never be in poverty again. Because that would be a lie. And that's not what we're saying here. But what this scripture is saying here is that if we rely on Him, trust in His timing and will in our financial, our personal, and our spiritual needs, and that we give whatever it is with a thankful heart, we'll see ourselves like the scripture said in that we are rich because we have the Lord in our lives every step of the way. Now another very important part of this scripture talks about the intense persecution that is ahead for the church of Smyrna. Here the middle of verse 10. Beware, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison so that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have affliction. Now I'm not sure if that literally means ten days or not. But what I am sure is that the time frame will be short, but the persecution will be intense. And some will experience imprisonment and even death during that time. For this church as it was written. But hear me when I am saying that you can find as a note in your podcast. And that is the persecution that's being talked about comes from Satan. Not from God. Many times people confuse correction with persecution. There are times that we are disciplined for doing wrong at home, school, work, and it weighs heavy on us as we go through the consequences for our actions. But there are also times when we are trying to walk the straight and narrow, trying to live for our Lord, and Satan's not happy, so he's going to use certain tricks, whatever he can to try and pull us away from our close walk with our Lord. What I said in the sermon last week, I'm sensing that we're on the verge of making a major step in the right direction as a church and us individually if certain things change and certain things happen. But as we are trying to make those steps in the right direction... The devil's not happy. He's going to try to do whatever he can to slow or stop that process whatever way he can. And with the momentum that we have right now, 
Folks, I can assure you that we need to keep our guards up high and rely heavily on the Lord and ask for Him to help us resist whatever the devil is trying to put in our paths. Don't let him have that chance to deter you. In order for that to not happen, though, is to know that you know that you know that you cannot and will not have to face these battles alone. God wanted the church of Smyrna to hear that he will remain in complete control through the persecution they're about to face. Satan was going to throw all kinds of junk at Smyrna, but God was trying to tell them to not give in to their belief in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Folks, I pray that we hear that nothing has changed. God's got this. He can and will help you have endurance and ability to say no to the lurings that Satan is trying to bring at you. And He will be with you as you go through the persecution that comes from not following the crowd. Or it may be someone trying to pressure you to do something you don't need to do or try to belittle you or intimidate you to make you feel bad for standing up for what's right in hopes to make you give in. But listen to the first part of verse 10 says, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Because Christ is Lord over all life circumstances, we have nothing to fear. Fear is a natural human response, but we live supernatural lives through the power of Christ in us. And provided that they can remain faithful and stay true to Him, we see at the end of the verse there's going to be something worth waiting for. Go to the end of verse 10 when it says, Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Talk about encouragement from the Lord. Given the intensity of the persecution in Smyrna, I believe Christ was saying, Yes, you may lose your life for my sake, but be faithful until the end. It will be worth it. You'll be with me forever and receive that crown of life. As I stand before you, I'm not sure what type of persecution or suffering we have in front of us. But with our Lord on our side, we can get through it. Our main concern and what we think about most should be keeping the love of our Lord as number one priority. Keep our faith in Him and love and care we have for Him and sharing that with others. The most coveted words that we should desire at the end of our days told by our Master at the end of our life is something I hold on to day after day. And that is Matthew 25, 21. Hear those words. Encourage you to read the entire part of that parable from Matthew 25, 14 through 30. 
But listen to verse 21. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy servant. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Is the same kind of intense persecution coming at us? I don't know. But what I do know is that if we're trying to live for our Lord, Satan's going to do whatever he can to pull us apart and pull us down. It's in that persecution when we really find out what kind of church we really are. Same can be said about you personally. If we as a church are trying to do what's pleasing to our Lord, we're going to face the persecution and pain. But remember, we as a church or us individually do not and cannot go through any of this alone. So don't give up. Don't back down to the task before us. As we saw last week for those that were here, we got good things going on here. But we still got some work to do. There is no place for cruise control in this place. We got to keep putting the foot to the accelerator. Provided we remain faithful to Him, as the Scripture said, He's going to provide for us the crown of life that will be ours at the end. I am sensing God's got some big things in store for this church. But we got to do our part. And we also got to be patient with our Lord while He's doing His part. Because it's not about us. It's about Him. It's not about our timing. It's about His timing. And the quicker we embrace that, submit to Him, and rely on Him, and give for Him with a thankful and grateful heart, things are going to start falling into place. All things are possible with Him who loves us. And I pray that we either continue living this path or start living it now. Just like with Smyrna, persecution may be coming. But the good news is, our Lord's going to be with us every step of the way. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for what you are doing in and through our time together. Lord, knowing that in the future we may face persecution and trials is not always the most encouraging. But it is a reality. But I pray that in the midst of that reality that we've talked about today, that it is a reminder that even in that reality that's ahead, the good news is we're not going to have to face it alone. You're going to be there with us. And I pray that we will reach out our hands to you, that we will rely on you, that we will ask for you to provide the necessary strength, endurance, and the ability to say no 
to whatever it is that Satan is trying to trip us on. Lord, I pray that you will be with any decision that needs to be made. And may it be made in such a way that brings you the glory, the honor, and the praise. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. This is what